Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, you're 2023, everybody. Day eight. <clears throat> eight is new beginnings. Come on, anybody glad for a new beginning this year? New beginnings. I was reading in the scriptures the other day about Noah, and the Bible said that, that God remembered Noah. Just a tiny little verse in there that just stood out. Every time I read it, it hits my heart, hits my spirit, my soul. And, and, and just there's times when you don't feel remembered by God. There's times when a lot's gone on and God, do you remember my prayer? Do you remember my marriage? Do you remember my, 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 my kids? Do you remember my situation? And I just want to encourage you today. The Bible says, and God remembered Noah. That, that God remembers you. That God knows your prayers. He remembers what you've cried out to him. And he remembers your situation, and I believe this year is going to be a year where you see God remembering you right at hand, that he's not far off, and that he's doing things that you've prayed for. I, I think um, today I'm going to look at Psalm 23. It's year 2023, and I'm going to, I'm going to start out with Psalm, 20, 20, Psalm 23, where David is speaking to us about a shepherd, and I, I think uh, it's such a powerful verse. David begins to talk about uh, the Lord being his shepherd. Everybody, who knows Psalm 23? Anybody? Anybody, who, who, uh, who wants to come up and recite it right now? I'm just kidding. I won't make you do that. <laughs> Psalm 2023, uh, Psalm 23. And uh, I, it's a very personal scripture to me. It's one of my favorite passages. And uh, David tells us a lot about Jesus, and a lot about who he is. And I think, I think we need a shepherd. I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, Psalm 23 says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I believe this is a year of Psalm 23 for me. It's a supernatural year. 23, two and three equal five. That's a number of grace, the grace of God. Jesus was pierced in five places. Five is the number of grace. 23 is grace. I believe for supernatural overflowing grace because we have a supernatural shepherd. The Lord says that he is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness or rightness or right paths for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's the words of David, the scripture of Psalm 23. My title for today is this. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. Look at two people or three people and say, you need help too. I need help. I need a shepherd. I, I, need, I need help this year. I, I need help too. I don't have it all figured out on my own this year. I don't have all the battle strategies and battle plans. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He personalizes it. The whole passage is very personal to David. He, he's really selfish in the passage. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall have a prepared meal. I shall be anointed. I shall. You can get selfish with this scripture, somebody. This is, this is all about what Jesus wants to do for you in your life. I need help. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for, for being our shepherd. Thank you that we need help, God, that we are your people, that we sometimes, Lord, are like sheep and we need a shepherd. 
God, I thank you for your words to heal today, to, to, to encourage today, to create something new today. I thank you for a new day. I thank you for new beginnings. I thank you for day eight, new beginnings. I thank you that you would do something new, speak something new, do something amazing in someone's heart and life and marriage today, in their, in their parenting today, in their business today. Lord, make a difference today that's real and tangible in Jesus' name. Amen. He's my shepherd. I, I need a personalized shepherd, and we need a shepherd. God says that, uh, da- that David, David had the shepherd. The Lord's my shepherd. And I'm going to give you a couple thoughts about why we need a shepherd real quick, and then I'll get in and break down the psalm today. I really want to teach you about what, what God is teaching us through the, the aspect of a shepherd. But uh, the reason we need a shepherd, because we sheep. The Bible talks about us. This is one of those messages today where you're just going to have to look straight ahead. You're not going to look at anybody today, Okay. And, uh, and, and we're sheep. And, and number one, sheep wander. Sheep have a tendency to wander. Come on, you ever found yourself wanting to go left, but you went right? Wanting to say this, but you said that. I, I did that this morning. I said something stupid to my wife this morning. It was just dumb. And, and, and I didn't want to say it. And I had to repent. And I had to make it right. And, 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 you know, and I've grown to be able to do that. But sometimes we say things and we wander and we get in the wrong path or we get in a situation. I need a, I need a shepherd. I'm thankful for Google Maps recalculated. Who my, where are all my recalculators at? God can recalculate the wrong turns of your life. He can begin to say, okay, I'm going to take This is how you're going to get to your destination. I, I need a shepherd because I wander. Number two, I need a shepherd because I'm stubborn. Sheep are stubborn. I, I, I've grown because in the past, and I, I would have said something stupid to my wife, and I would have just been stubborn and just stayed with it. Just kept on going. Come on, some of y'all are looking at each other. Y'all know how many of y'all got into a fight? You know, sheep, that when they, when they get into a situation, that sheep actually can't go in reverse. Sheep have no ability to back up. They can't. They can't go backwards. So they'll literally get into an area in a field or in a rocky area, and they'll wedge themselves in and keep pushing forward and just go. And they have to have a shepherd come and dig them out. Come on. Some of y'all know your last argument was just like that. You're like, yeah. You, you know they were right. You know you were wrong, but you go three days trying to prove it. You're like, I ain't talking. Three days with no kisses will make you repent somebody. God knew what he was doing. And, and, and I've grown because like I used to, I need a, sh- my shepherd's already working because this morning I used to would have dug in and made excuses and I started to do that after I said that stupid thing. And then I was like, wait a minute, that was dumb. I'm wrong. I repent. You're right, baby. All year, you're right. Before we even get into it, you're right. I don't understand it all, but you're right. Thank you. <laughs> We're, we, we, get, we, we get stuck in places. Little kids, you know, have your little kid get stuck, put his head through a toilet seat or put his head through a chair. You know, you're like, oh God, you're out in public trying to get him unstuck. Call, you know, it's just, we, we get stuck from a young age. We, we, we push into stuff. Number four, we're defenseless. Sheep are defenseless. We, we, in a world of wolves, come on, we don't have claws and fangs and, 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 and that kind of fight that wolves have. We're, we're, we're defenseless and we have a shepherd. We need a shepherd to protect us. And I know some of y'all are still fighting in the flesh. You're like, well, I got a gun and I got this. and I got, You might have those kind of weapons, but that ain't going to beat a devil, somebody. That's not going to beat the spiritual warfare that we fight in a world where we're defenseless in the spirit except for the word of God and the shepherd's word that we have. So we need a shepherd to speak to us. Sheep are defenseless. Sheep, come on, sheep are dirty. Now don't act like you got the halo on today because I might be the only one without a halo on here, but sheep, 
Sheep are dirty. Sheep, sheep, listen to this. This is how dirty sheep are. Sheep will literally eat in a pasture until all the green grass is gone. And then, and then once it's gone, they won't move to another field. They'll actually begin to eat the excrement of the other sheep until they die. Yeah. That's why you won't move on from that gossip. That, that, that's, why, that's why you won't move on from that bitterness. That's why you'll st- still, still feed on that offense. That's why you'll st- keep ingesting some of the things that you're ingesting because you need a shepherd. We, we, we feed on dirty things sometimes and we need a shepherd to say, okay, we're gonna move to a different pasture. We're gonna move to a different field. There's, there's some green pasture over here. And so, so we, I, I need a shepherd so that I can survive and live. And so David begins to unpack what his shepherd does for him. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, I shall not want. That's the very pl- first place he starts. I love it. He goes, I, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna want. Number one, God is your source this year that, that you shall not want. Like in a world of wants, in a world of, of desires, in a world of increase, it says you shall not want. What that means is that you have everything that you need. That there's nothing in your life right now that you don't have that you should have to get where God wants you to get to. So often we think, man, if I had a better degree, if I had a better, better, better life, if I had a better partner, if I had a better, if I didn't have a, if I had a different boss, if I had a better job, if what if I had this, what if I had their money, what if I had their skills? No, 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 no. Everything you have is everything you need. David said, I shall not want. And here's what's beautiful about that. It takes the pressure off my shoulders. It takes the pressure off your shoulders. You don't have to supply for yourself because everything you have is what God wants you to have. I don't mean we don't work hard and we don't strategize and we don't build a life. I don't mean that. I just mean you don't have to fix it. You don't have to fend for yourself. You don't have to fight for yourself. You don't have to supply for yourself because God is your shepherd. David says, my soul is good. I shall not want. I just want to encourage you that God has called you to do some things this year and, and, and you shall not want. You lack nothing. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to fear it. You don't have to fix it. He's your shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He, he makes me. David said, he makes me lie down. He makes me. Look at a couple of people say, make me. Got to say it with some attitude. Make me. Go ahead and make me. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Hear me. There's a progression in the verse. He doesn't lead you until he makes you lie down. Some of you are asking God, lead me this year, lead me this year, lead me this year. And he's saying, lie down. He makes me lie down before he ever leads me. God won't lead you until you lie down. What do you need to lie down? What in your life do you need God to help you lay down? Do you, what attitudes do you need to lay down this year? Can I just be real with, in your, with church today? Can I just give the word to you like it is? I don't know how to sugarcoat it. I don't know how to do that. I just, I wish I could do it better, but I don't. And so you either love me or hate me, but I'm just saying, like there's some things that God's saying, do you need to lay down an attitude? Do you need to lay down an offense? Do you need to lay down bitterness? There's things you want me to lead you into this year, but I have to make you lie down before I lead you. There's circumstances in your life. You're like, man, I hate all these circumstances. The circumstances are designed to get you to lay down, to lay down some preference 
to lay down some, some, some rights, to lay down some things in your life. And then God begins to lead you when he begins to make you lay down, lay down some fear, lay down some past pain, lay down some hatred, lay down some success. Do you know success is the greatest enemy of progress sometimes? Some of you have to lay down some success this year and lay down some failures, lay down some worry. What does God need you to lay down right now in your life in order to lead you? You can just ask the Holy Spirit, God, what do you, what do you need me to lie down? My son, my oldest son, he's not here right now. He's almost 20. Uh, when he was born, he had colic. Anybody had a baby with colic? Man, y'all know. Come on, we need to have a little small group around that, a little connect group, a little healing around colic babies. This, this kid would not sleep. I literally had to do everything all, for hours. He had so much gas and colic that he couldn't sleep. And so we would literally wrap him so tight, papoose that little dude up. I don't, I don't know, we wrap him so tight where he couldn't, because he would try to sleep and he would like move and he'd scratch himself and he's like, ah, everywhere, you know, and he couldn't go to bed. So we'd wrap him so tight and he couldn't fall asleep with that. I'd have to go in, I'd take both hands and put them on top of him in his crib and hold him on top like that and just kind of shake him, not, not shaking baby, uh, <laughs> but just... Just a little, just a little, you know, like a little massage chair. You know, just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and I would be doing that, and little farts would come out. <laughs> like for, for two hours. And I'd be holding him, and like, and he couldn't, he was so restless, he couldn't. And then finally, I would, I would make him, I would make him lie down to where he finally rested. And I think some of you, God's wanted to push you down and hold you and go, make, let, me, let me make you, you got so much hot air. <laughs> so much opinions so, and sometimes God just has to just wrap us up and go you know shh and just, and just make you lie down and sometimes in our marriages sometimes in our friendships sometimes in our work we just sometimes we don't need to say something we just need to just God wants to just make us lay some things down and then he begins to lead us the Bible says he leads me beside still waters you know sheep won't won't drink from chaos waters, from chaotic, turbulent water. If a sheep and a, and a, and a herd comes up uh, or a flock comes up on, on the water, they won't, they won't drink from that. And so, so the shepherd's job was to find still water. And, and literally, sheep would not drink if they didn't feel full and without fear. And so the shepherd would literally get them to a place of where they were full and without fear and then lead them to still waters where they could actually be refreshed in their soul. God's, as your shepherd is saying, I'm gonna get you to a place this year where you're actually full and without fear as you feed on what I have for you and that you can get to a place where, I know the world is turbulent. The, the, the atmosphere of our society is turbulent. There are white waters out there and literally as a sheep, you have to get to a place where you're willing and able to drink from calmness to get your, your soul restored. You have to slow down. I, I go whitewater rafting sometimes, haven't done it in a long time, but every time you go whitewater rafting, there's rapids down the river, huge ones that you can die on. And then, and then there's these other little areas called eddies. And the guide in the boat knows where the things, where the eddies are. An eddy is a place around like a corner. The rapid's still going, but if you can get behind this rock or you can get, and a lot of times it's not even a rock. It, you wouldn't even know that it was an eddy. It, it doesn't, it's not like a hidden spot. It's like somewhere on the side of the river where the water does a weird thing and kind of swirls back up river and creates this eddy. And, and you can actually pull your boat into that spot. And the water actually keeps you in that spot, even as all the other water rushes down the river as fast as it can. And, and the guide knows where that is. That's what the scripture is saying, that in a, in a world of rushing white water, that Jesus knows how 
how to get you to a spot in your life where you can actually calm down and be refreshed and drink from the word of God. Because he'll make you lie down and then he will lead you to still water where you can refresh your soul. That's why we worship in here. That's why we have 21 days of prayer and fasting and open up this environment. That's why you worship in your car and put some music on, get into the word of God. All of that is to get to an eddy that can kind of restore your soul in the middle of chaos. He makes me lie down and he restores my soul. I'm so thankful that he restores me. And then it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness. And he leads me in paths of rightness. And I love this little part. Here's here's what's neat about it. It says, he leads me in these paths for his namesake. So what he's saying is that he's going to get you on the right path because his reputation depends on it. He didn't just lead me in the right paths just so I have right behavior and I go the right way. He didn't do all that. It says he leads me in right paths for his namesake, that his, his reputation's at stake. And so as his kids, as his sheep, he wants to lead me in a path that's right so his name is right. Come on, somebody. You ever, you ever met those people with them old nappy, crazy-looking kids, all ratty, dressed wrong? You ever met anybody? Come on, y'all ain't gonna look at anybody today. Y'all ain't gonna admit it. You're like, that's my neighbor. You know, you got... Kids, shirt, food all over them, torn up, ratty clothes. You're like uh, dragging them through a store. Kids are kicking and screaming, yelling, pulling down shelves. Come on, you ever seen those kids? I know you don't know them, but have you ever seen those kids? You know what? We don't judge the kid. We judge the parent. I do. You're dragging your kid through some store and they're all looking like they hadn't even come out of the basement for 14 years. You know, I'm going to call the police on you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like you wouldn't dress nice and your kids have like all these clothes that they bear, you know, they're falling off of. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna take care of your children. When, you, when, we, when our souls aren't refreshed and we act crazy, it speaks to who God is. And Jesus is saying, you need a shepherd so that you can represent me well, so that your behavior and your attitude and your steps are ordered and you can take the right path. And as people see your life, they go, wow, that's the kind of God that that child's a part of. That's the kind of parent that that father is. That's the kind of God. And look, we're not all there, but that's why we need a shepherd to say, I'm going to be led in right paths for the sake of God's name. And David says, he'll lead me in the right path. And I'm not going to be destroyed because Satan's trying to get me on a wrong path. I'm not going to discredit my God and take those steps. I'm going to be led by God. David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. I want to encourage you. It sounds like David got off the path. Sounds like a guy that took a wrong turn. We always speak of it as like this encouraging moment, but the reality is David made some wrong turns. Here he finds himself in the middle of the valley of death. Come on, anybody ever been in a situation? God, if you get me out of this, I'll never. (laughs) God, if you get, come on, some of them porcelain prayers, y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'll never drink again, oh God. (laughs) Call that porcelain prayers. (laughs) We're going to be real in church, so everybody. David says that even though I left the path, God didn't leave me. Even though I made a wrong turn, God didn't leave me. 
Even, even though I was in the valley of the shadow of death, for I will not fear because you are with me. I know I decided some things. I know I took some, some missteps, oh God. I know I got in this valley, but you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff were tools of correction. Now, this is going to get personal if I haven't already got it personal enough. The, thy rod and thy staff, they, they comfort me. And those were tools of correction. Can I just say to you that there's comfort in correction? That you need to be able to get correction from a shepherd, correction from a friend, correction from a spouse, correction from God. That there's comfort in correction. These rod and these staffs, the rod and the staff they actually had this little hook on the end of the staff. And it would, it, would, it would hook out like that. And the shepherd would actually, when a sheep would begin to wander, the shepherd would grab the sheep by the neck and pull it back into the fold. And every time it would wander, it would use that little, that little crook in the staff to pull the sheep back into the fold. We have a tendency to wander, and the reality is God puts his staff on our neck and pulls us back into the fold. Come on, it's, it's, it's no miracle. You're like, how did I get here? How did I get out of that situation? How did? Because God put his staff on you and pulled you into this place and got you out of that situation because you're his. Why is his staff on you? Because you're his. How'd you get me out of this mess, oh God? I put my staff on you and I grabbed you by the neck and I pulled you. And how'd, how'd, you, get, how'd you get me out of that club? Because I put my staff on you. How'd you get me out of that bed? Because I put my staff on you. How'd you get me out of that depression? Because I put my staff. How'd you get me out of that situation? How'd you get me out of that depression and fear? I've got a staff. You're mine. Come on, as a father, every, every, every now and then with my kids, I gotta put my hand on the back of their neck. And come on, any dads out there? You're like, man, you were abusive, dad. Shaking him, grabbing him. <laughs> My daughter's going, hmm. <laughs> they dress nice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but every now and then a father has to grab the back of their, their child's neck and just a little, it's no, it's not a, not a, not no pain, just, just letting them know, I'm dad. I'm, I'm going to pull you out of that. Like, you, this is the way you need to go. Come on, any, any dads, y'all know what I'm talking about. And, and you just, you just kind of give a little bit of a direction in love. The father just has his hand on you. The father says sometimes there's correction. There's a staff in love. There's comfort in correction. I, I need it in my life. You need it in your life. I, I've been in places where I need God to pull me out of the valley to get me out of that stuff. He says his rod and his staff. The rod is a place of correction as well. He says two things. It's not, it's not one tool. It's two tools and one staff. His rod and staff comfort me. The rod, uh, do you remember the, the picture with, with, with Jesus all all happy walking through the field and he's had a little lamb around his shoulders, hair in the air. Like, isn't that so beautiful? Do you know that he just snapped the legs of that, that lamb and broke its legs as a shepherd? So, so the rod was actually used when a sheep would wander too many times. You know, the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. Literally, shepherds in that day would go up to a corral of sheep. There'd be hundreds of sheep, different shepherd's sheep, not just one shepherd. There could be 500 sheep in a corral, and a shepherd would walk up and speak, and the sheep knew that shepherd's voice so well, only those sheep would come out. 
and the other shepherd's sheep would stay in the pen. Jesus says that, and David says, the Lord's my shepherd, his rod comforts me. What happens is if we wander over and over and over, the shepherd knows we don't know his voice well enough to avoid danger, so he'll actually break the sheep's leg in a place that it can be mended. He'll break the leg in the field, mend the leg, and then take the sheep, put the sheep on his shoulder, and walk with the sheep so the sheep learns his voice right up by his face. And, 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 and I know that's in the physical, but I think sometimes with God and us, sometimes there's things he has to break in our life, some pride and some different areas of our life that need broken at times so that we can actually learn the voice of God and he can begin to speak to us and he'll put us on his shoulder and carry us. There's comfort in correction. I mean, God's not, I'm not saying God's gonna snap your leg today and please don't get out here and think like, if you break your leg, it must've been God, don't do that. That was just you, you know, falling. <laughs> but, but I mean, uh, but there's things like in life that is spiritually, I'm applying it, you know, spiritually, like there's areas that need corrected and, and broken at times so that we can walk. And yes, you walk with a limp. Can I tell you this? I don't trust somebody that doesn't limp a little bit. If you've never wrestled with God for, for life and death and blessing, and Jacob, he wrestled with God, blessed me, and all night he wrestled and, and then came up and God hit his hip and he began to limp the rest of his life. But what happened? He was dependent upon God now. He walked the rest of his life with a limp, depending and holding on to God. Yes. If you're walking into 2023 all puffed up and got your shoulders all out like, I got this year by the tail, don't do business with me. <laughs> I, I, I've been through some battles. I've been through some fights. I don't have this thing figured out and I need to walk with a limp because it tells me that I'm dependent upon God, that he's corrected me and broken some things and humbled me in some ways and put some mercy and some grace and some tenderness in my life and I need to depend upon him. I wanna encourage you, man. It's okay to limp. I know the world says don't. The world says act like you got it all figured out, like you're good. No, no, no. I, I'm dependent upon you. I'm dependent upon God. I'm dependent upon my family. I gotta, I gotta grab a hold and, and walk with the limp. I'm gonna wrestle with God a little bit. Correct me, Lord, if you need to, and redirect me, Lord, if you need to. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. There's a lot of enemies out there, but usually most of the enemies are in here. And the Bible says that David is seated at a table. And God prepares a table for him in the presence of his enemies. And the word prepare actually means that the Lord strategizes, the Lord preps, the Lord analyzes and lays out a feast before you in the presence of your enemies. David is pulled up to a table and he says, my shepherd, he prepares a table, a feast, a layout, a, a spread of purpose in the presence of my enemies. Can I tell you, most of your purpose this year is going to be in the middle of your problems? We think our purpose comes when we get to some peaceful tranquility place. It's like, no, 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 your purposes are in the middle of your enemies. Your purposes of God are in the middle of your mess or in the middle of your fight. Don't wait to get everything perfect before you do anything for God. Don't wait till you get everything peaceful before you get into a small group or lead a connect group or do something for God. No, 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 no. Don't let the enemy tell you you're not worthwhile because God says that he prepares a table for you, purpose and a meal that he has prepared for you this year in the middle of all the mess, in the middle of all the, all the battles that you have. You're, you're, you have purpose in the presence of your problems. David says this, and this is what the, why the next part's so important. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies and he anoints my head with oil. So, so he's at this table, and then God anoints David's head with oil in the middle of a table that has enemies all around it. 
He's sitting before a, the purpose and the plan of God that God strategized for your marriage, for your business, for your company, for your children, for your, for your church. He's sitting before this purpose and he has enemies all around him. He says, and God's anointed my head with oil. What would happen to sheep is they would actually get these flies in their face and the flies would get up into their nose and the flies would lay larvae in their nose and then the larvae would climb up into the sheep's brain and lay eggs in the sheep's brain and the sheep couldn't get to it. And so the sheep would actually bang their head against the wall until they killed themselves. Can I tell you that God anoints your head with oil because you are seated before a prepared table of his presence and his purpose, but there are enemies all around us of fear and worry and anxiety and depression and COVID. I had a guy tell me the other day, he's like, what about what are you gonna do about church when COVID comes back? I'm like, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. He says, what's the one thing you learned about COVID? I said, I'll never shut our doors again. That's what I learned. And, and, I, and I just, I, I need an anointing from God, the presence of God on my face, on my head to fix my thinking. God, every, all hell can be breaking out around me. David says, I'm hungry even though I'm haunted. Even though enemies are speaking to me and things are telling my mind I can't and I won't and, and I'm a failure. Any lies that are coming on me, I still have feast in front of me from God. I can still eat at the table of God. I can still have purpose in the middle of the haunting that comes around us. Anybody got little kids? You ever been real hungry and all hell's breaking out? But you can just ignore them and turn them off and let the house burn down. I'm going to eat this hamburger. You know what I'm talking about, Courtney? You're like, yeah. You got a lot of boys. House can burn out. You be in, you be in the minivan driving to Florida, starving. They're yanking each other's hair out, screaming, ripping clothes, throwing fries. You're like, I just put that little limo window up. My wife's like, they'll be okay. They'll be fine. I'm hungry, even though hell's breaking out. Can I just tell you that even though all hell's breaking out in the world, I'm still hungry for destiny. I'm still hungry for purpose. I'm still hungry for God. I'm still hungry for the meal and the plan in the future. Even though fear's coming at me, I'm hungry for faith. I'm hungry for what God has next. I'm hungry. And you can be that way when you're anointed by God, by the shepherd. He says he wants to anoint your head with oil so the enemies inside of you cannot take you out because God has a plan and a purpose for you. All hell can be breaking out, but my cup runs over, David said. This year, I just declare to you, your cup runs over. In that culture, when a glass was not to the brim, you weren't allowed at the table any longer. The waiters at the table would keep the glass full, and it was a sign that you were still allowed in the presence of the host. You were still allowed at the table when the glass was full. God says that your cup runs over, that the cup is never going to get diminished, that you're always welcome in the presence of God. You're always welcome amongst God's house. You're always welcome amongst God's people. The door is always open to you, to who God has and who he, and what he has for you. The door, your cup runs over. The power of God never diminishes in your life this year, and it gets so great that it spills over to all those around you. Overflow of freedom, overflow of destiny, overflow of purpose, overflow of business, overflow in your marriage, overflow in your emotions, overflow of God. My cup runs over. God's generosity runs over. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy 
follow me all the days of my life. I love this one. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of our life. He, we say it all the time, like, surely goodness and mercy follow me. Surely goodness and mercy, you know, goodness and mercy are following you. That's not the verse. You got to get the tone and the inflection and the, and the translation of the verse to actually know what it, what it means. We, if we're going to quote it, we might as well quote it right. Surely goodness and mercy follow me. It actually means hunt me down. Any hunters in the room? Come on. Any, any, any duck hunters in the room? Y'all crazy. Any duck hunters? Anybody hunted duck? Yeah, y'all nuts. I went duck hunting a couple times. It's freezing cold. Negative 20 degrees in Illinois. Where do you hunt? Where do you duck hunt? Florida. Yeah, praise God. You smart. You're a smart duck hunter. That's what I said. When we, it took me up to Illinois, negative 20. I'm like, I know they hunt in the south. Come on, where's Louisiana? They migrate south. We're going down there, somebody. Why am I starting up north, you know? Negative 20. Breaking through ice with some kind of weird suit, having to break through ice. 4 a.m., sun's not up. Climbing up into a little treehouse. Silent. Dark. Cold. Putting these weird decoys out on the water. Trying to get them. We had to be quiet. Shh. One time we were in a half-cut old gas barrel buried under the farm. Sitting in there, looking at each other. Right when the ducks fly over, the guide, the, the guy says, get them. <laughs> I didn't know. Everybody jumps up. Boom, 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 boom. Get them, you know. Hunting. Can, can I tell you, it's not surely goodness and mercy just follow me around. No, they hunt you. They're getting out into circumstances and, and places that you wouldn't expect. They're putting out decoys and flooding fields of your life. They're stalking you. They're trying to figure out in your life when it's silent and when it's dark and when you least expect it and when you don't think you deserve it. They say, get them. I got them. Goodness jumps on you and mercy jumps on you and God's presence jumps on you. Oh, goodness and mercy is stalking me down this year. They're strategizing on how to get up early and find me and get me, oh God. Oh, and I shall dwell in the house of God forever, David says. David knows that you're defenseless without each other. He knows the only protection you have is, is the fold and the voice of God. I shall dwell in the house. I, I shall not be isolated. I shall not go strong in January and go missing in March. Because the good shepherd leaves the 99. Why? They're safe. Good shepherd walks away from the 99. Why? Because they're guarded. They're together. He goes after the one because the shepherd knows that isolation is the enemy's tool of destruction. And if he can get you isolated in your marriage, in your mind, in your parenting, in your church world, in your business world, if he can get you isolated, the enemy will begin to try to bring destruction in your life. And David says, I'll dwell together. I'll be with the people. I'll, I'll be in the house of God all the days of my life. And I just want to encourage you today. You've got a shepherd in year 2023. It's going to be a year full of grace and it's going to be a year full of him leading us. And it's going to be a year full of increase in my soul and my mind. And I don't have to worry. And you don't have to worry. What's God asking you to lie down this year so he can lead you right now? Let me pray for you. Father, thank you that you're our shepherd and we shall not want. I thank you that every person in this room has everything they need to do what you've called them to do. 
They might think, man, I married the wrong person. No, they didn't. You led them to that person. They might think, well, if I had a different business, or I can't believe I failed there. I can't believe I made those mistakes. They have everything they need. They have your approval. They have your love. They have your life. They have your correction. They have your direction. Lord, would you lead them besides still waters? Lord, help us to lie down everything that we aren't supposed to be carrying. Help us to lay down some things this year so you can lead us to still water. Refresh our soul, Lord. Lead us in right paths. I pray for anybody at a crossroads right now, anybody making decisions right now about a city, about a business, about a relationship, about a direction. I pray right now the crossroads would be so clear and they would take the step that would bring you the most fame. They would take the step that would bring you the most glory. They'd take the step for your name's sake, oh God. They wouldn't hear any other voices, but they'd hear your voice and say, this is the way to walk in it this year. I thank you, Lord, even though we get off the path and walk through valleys of death at times, you're with us. We shall not fear I thank you for a rod and a staff that bring me back in, that have snatched me out of situations and saved my life all the days of my life. Thank you that I'm standing here because of your rod and your staff, oh God. Thank you that you have destiny for me in the midst of my problems, that you have purpose for every person in this room. If they're breathing, they still have purpose. I thank you, God, that there's purpose. Even in the midst of a mess, there's some messes right now in this room that they can't figure. There's some scrambled eggs in this room, God. We can't unscramble eggs, but you can. Lord, you can rework it and you can make an omelet. Come on, God. Do something, Lord, in our life. Rework some things in our life this year, God. Some areas that have been so scrambled up, Lord, I thank you. Through the valley of the shadow of death, you do not leave us, God. Even though we've walked away, you're there and you comfort us, oh God. Prepare a table, Lord. Anoint our head with oil. I rebuke every negative thought. I rebuke every fearful thought. I rebuke every bit of doubt and discouragement. I rebuke the lying voice of the devil. I pray that people would know your word so they could tell if it's the devil lying or you speaking, oh God. I thank you that we would know your word like never before this year, God. I thank you that our minds would be anointed, that even though hell's breaking out, we're still hungry. God, we're still hungry for you. Hunt us down with goodness and mercy today, God. And we just declare we'll dwell in your house forever. Every head bowed and every eye closed just for a minute. I'm not going to embarrass you, but if you're in this room and you say, you know what? I don't have a shepherd. I don't have Jesus to be my leader and be my Lord and be my Savior. I've never given my life to him. Or maybe you gave your life to him years ago, but you've walked away. You've gotten into one of those valleys and you just said, you know what? I need him. I need him in my life this year. I'm ready to give my life back to him. I need a shepherd. I need a leader. Maybe you're watching online. And you need to give your life to Christ. I'm just going to ask you to to just type in fresh start right there online. Type in fresh start. Let us know. We want to pray for you. If you're in this room, I'm not going to bring you forward or embarrass you. But if you'd say, you know what, pastor? I need a shepherd. I need Jesus. I'm ready to really surrender my life. I'm ready to lay down my life and let him lead it. Would you just put your hand high up to me today? Go, I need a shepherd. I need a fresh start in God. Hold it up high and let me pray for you. Pray for me. Thank you for your boldness, sir. Anybody else? I need a shepherd. I I need God. I need to be a Christian. Thank you for your honesty. I need a fresh start. Thank you for your boldness. Come on, church, pray. People saying yes to to Jesus in 2023. I'm going to say a simple prayer with you and no magic in the words. It's just a surrender prayer to Jesus. Why don't you repeat these words to yourself or pray it in your own heart there. If you didn't put your hand up but need to, put your heart up right now. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being my shepherd. Thank you for being my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me from my sins and my wandering and my mistakes. And you did it by going to a cross. I believe you went to a tree. You lived perfect. You took all my sin, all my shame, all my mistakes, all my failure. You took it all, past, present, and future. You took all of it. 
and you nailed it to that tree and I believe that you took care of it. You settled the score and then you rose from the dead to give me a brand new heart and to fill me with your presence and to give me a, a, a relationship with a great heavenly father and to give me eternity. I thank you for eternity starting now. I surrender to you today, Jesus. Be my Lord and my Savior. Be my shepherd the rest of my life. In Jesus' matchless name. Come on, let's give God praise in this place for an awesome shepherd. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.